Thank you all. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's a great day to be together, to worship, to fellowship together, to sing the truth of the gospel that Christ is alive. But listen, I understand some of you are struggling this morning. And it's not just the parents with children who consume one pound of jelly beans uh, this morning and are having to deal with them. But, but many of you took Lent seriously. And so you, it was a time of fasting. It was a time of giving things up. And maybe you gave up sweets or you gave up ice cream. And this morning you got up and went to town. And I know that because I was talking to my father last night about lunch today. And he reminded me of last year when he set his alarm for a minute after midnight. <laughs> and he ate basically a half gallon of ice cream. He had put, put it away. And he told me, you know, I may do that tonight too. So I hope he's alive uh, to this morning. For y'all that haven't uh, been with us who are guests with family, we've been talking about the last words of Jesus throughout the season of Lent. What do we get from Jesus on the cross? What are those last phrases? What do we see of his heart? What do we learn of, of also what, what he wants us to be and to do and to say? Well, for this morning, we're going to the end of Matthew and we're going to other gospels as well to, to see what are the first things. When, he, when he's resurrected and he comes back, what are those first things that we find on his lips? What are those first things that those believers needed to hear? What did Christ want to make sure uh, that they had heard from him? Now listen, I don't know about you, but I, I know what my first words w- would have been. Where were you? That's, that's what I would have come out swinging if it was me. Where were you Friday? I walked with you for three years. All I invested in you, all I gifted to you, I told you not once, not twice, but three times this would happen. I'd die and be raised again. Where were you? Why didn't you have faith? That's not what we get from Jesus here. No sarcasm, no lashing out, no shaming, no blaming. What do we see, not just in Matthew's gospel, but if you'll take your Bible or have your phone out with your Bible, let's walk through the gospels. What's the first thing? When Jesus first speaks after his resurrection in each gospel, what do we get? Here in Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, what do we get? The women had left the angels to go and tell the disciples, and Jesus meets them. Now listen, that's a preacher side sermon there. That's where Jesus usually meets us, when we're about what God would call us to be about. When you and I are faithful to, to, to do what he's called us to do, to be in the word, to gather for worship, to be obedient to his word, to serve in his name, that's usually where God shows up. It's just like our good shepherd to leave the sheep and to go find the lost one of the hundred, for sure. But typically, God shows up when we're faithfully following him and doing what he's told us to do. They've been told to go, they're going to tell, and Jesus shows up. And so what's his first words? Hold on to this. This is deep and powerful theological stuff. Hi. I mean, that's kind of how it reads. Unfortunately, that's how they translate this this word, even though I don't don't think it's the right translation because they don't translate it like this anywhere else in all the scriptures. He just kind of shows up and says, greetings. Now, I'm going to have you write down four words today for the four gospels. This is the word, and this is what it really means. Rejoice. Matthew's gospel, the first word we get from Jesus is 
rejoice. It's a common word. Yes, when they'd meet, they'd say rejoice in the Lord, just like we would say he's risen. Indeed, I watched the children yesterday at their event, and I watched those girls when they would greet each other. They'd come running up together. There were hugs. There were smiles. There was all kinds of uh, gestures to one another. They, they were so glad to see each other. And when the boys saw each other, they came running up and boom, there was like a force field between two feet of the other boys. Like, hey, what's up? You know, it's, <laughs> that's how you greet each other if you're a guy. What's up? This was a common greeting. But listen to this word in other, in other scriptures. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice always giving thanks for everything. Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It just doesn't fit if you, if you read it. I appreciate our greeters and ushers, but if you read it, greet always. Again, I say greet. That doesn't work. In Matthew's gospel, on the Sermon on the Mount, those who are persecuted, you can rejoice and be glad. I think there's 11 uses of this word, all 10. It's always translated rejoice. And so we see that word greeting. Yes, it means a common greeting, but what he's saying to Mary Magdalene, what he's saying to the other Mary, you can rejoice now. They had had the wind kicked out of them. The horror of watching Jesus die, the hope of their nation gone, all those promises he had promised, just his teachings, it's all gone. But now Jesus is risen. Mary and Mary, you can rejoice. Verse 8 says that the very thought of Jesus being alive, when they had first gotten that word, it left them full of this wondrous fear, this godly fear, great joy, and they're even now running to go tell. And when they find Jesus, you see them rejoicing. They take hold of his feet and they worship him. That's to be our response. He's risen, take hold of his feet and worship him. But they had had, they had, had their world gone. But now you can rejoice. Uh, the Jesus film has been shown around the world uh, to reach people with the gospel. And uh, I've heard my father-in-law say in, in certain mission fields when they show it, a couple of times I know in Africa he's told the tale where they show the Jesus film and when the crucifixion happens they begin to throw rocks at the film for what they're doing uh, to Jesus. But I read a story this week about a service in, in Bangladesh and they had all these children come to watch the Jesus film, as well as several people. It was more packed than our, even our service here. There are people out just trying to get in to see this story of Jesus. And when it got to the crucifixion, adults, youth, and even children began to weep. I mean, you, you could, they said you could, you could hear them begin to moan as this one who was taught so beautifully and healed so many is marked by such a compassion for people was now wrongfully accused and dying, crying. And then when he does die, oh, the anguish that filled that room until a little boy ran to the very front of the room and stood up in front of the crowd. And I want to get his words right here. Don't be afraid. I've seen this before. He gets up. He gets up. 
Mary and Mary, you can rejoice. My father's raised me, and I'm alive. All those promises, all those teachings, all that, and forevermore too. It's all yours. Rejoice. We've gathered today, this morning, to rejoice in the Lord because he is alive. Let's turn to Mark chapter 16 very quickly. And I want us to look at these other passages in these other Gospels. Mark 16, 15. Now listen, as you're turning there to Mark 16, I realize some of us might say, well, wait a minute now. There's some brackets around these passages. Is that really, was, is this the right story? Because they put brackets. It's not in the early manuscript. And it's not just because we're chicken and we don't want to drink poison and handle snakes. That's not, that's not why we kind of maybe question what happens at the end of Mark. Is that, the, is that really scripture? But let me tell you, it sounds a whole lot like Jesus here. The three responses to the three conversations you have here certainly sound like Jesus. First word is rejoice. The next word is, well, we don't get it. But we got him talking with Mary. The second conversation, well, we don't get his words either there. But he get it, we get him talking with the two. And then finally with the disciples, he says a pretty tough word, but then we know what he says, and it sounds like he said this all three times because the response in verse 10, verse 13, verse 20 are all the same. Verse 10, Mary Magdalene went and told. Verse 13, the two he met go and tell. Verse 20, and they went out and preached everywhere. You've got to tell it. If you've received him, if the risen Christ is the Lord of your life, those who meet him have to go and to tell. As we've gathered together to worship him, as, as was prayed this morning, we've got to go out now and to tell it. it. Through the way we live, through our attitudes, through how we serve, we'll talk about that in a minute, and when those opportunities come up, for us to be clear that we're his. And to be clear that he wants a relationship with the people that we're talking to. How is it? Who is it that the Lord's putting on your heart? How is he calling you to tell? Everybody in Mark's gospel that bumps into him right here, the clear and, con and, and consistent response is, I have to share this with somebody. Who is that for you? Let's flip over in Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 24, verse 17. What's the first words? What's the first thing we hear? What does Jesus say? He meets, and you know this, you know this story well. He meets these, uh, these on the road to Emmaus. And it's interesting, we don't get a grand or eloquent statement, some theological reflection about the nature of the resurrection. What does he say to these, these folks on the road? What are you all talking about? What are you talking about? And the scripture says you can tell how they're feeling because scripture goes out of its way to say, look, these, these folks, their faces are sad. You can, they are marked by sadness. Jesus approaches them and says, what are you talking about? The first word is rejoice. The second phrase is you got to go and tell. And the third one, I just sum it up by saying, church, if we're going to be the church, we've got to be a church that cares because that's what Jesus does here. He just gets into the middle of people's worlds. Resurrection means that Jesus and his kingdom work is breaking into the struggle of our lives, and he's calling us to get into that struggle with others. Here's what he does. He questions, he, he engages, he interrupts, he, he is in the midst of their sadness. This is what we are called to do uh, as the church. I... Uh, I remember uh, 
my last church, often we were called, the Methodists were always, anytime a transient went through town, we got the phone call. And we would go put them up at a hotel and take them to dinner or whatever. But somehow we were always on the front lines of that. And so we routinely did it. But I'm thinking of this one gentleman. I remember pulling up to get him. So he wanted to go to Sonic. So we went to Sonic. And uh, there was a news radio on. I thought, I'm going to change the channel. And uh, he slapped my hand because he wanted to listen to that channel. It's been a long time since I've had my hand slapped. You know, I was just kind of, okay. And then, I, you know, bought him something to eat. And uh, I remember him thinking, he, he said, you know, I'm, I'm a little cold. And he turned the air conditioning off. It was the middle of summer. I'm thinking, wow. So now I'm sweating. I'm not listening to what I'm going to listen to. That's fine. But then he got out of the car and started bumming smokes from people and came in the car and lit up with the windows up. I'm like, man, I'm back in the 1970s where you can just smoke away. In, in a... It's what the church better do is get in the middle of people who are struggling. Uh, and McGee, I told this at a, a, when we did our five for five devotionals a year or two ago on YouTube. I remember McGee, we did the same thing. The Methodists would get called to somebody's passing through town and needed a hotel room. And, and so I went, we, at that church, we would have to go to the police station first to check them in. And so I went to check them in. And this guy, he probably was like 5'5". Five, five, uh, we were very, I just I couldn't believe how different we are, and it's going to play out in a minute. He's probably about five, 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 six, uh, different race than I am. He's probably in his late fifties, early sixties. Back then, I was in my thirties, so very different people. Trying to connect with him, and he's telling me, you know, really, I just really need to get to Whitfield. Oh, okay. And so I take him to the police station, and I say, hey, this guy says he needs to go to Whitfield. I'm like, no, he's fine. You can just take him down to the hotel. You want me? to get in the car with this man who wants to go to an institution. Okay, you've done the background check. We've done the background check. Fine. I get in the car. I'm driving home. I'm like, this is another one I can't tell Sarah about. But I'm going to take him. I'm going to take him where we're going. And I get him to the hotel. I'm checking him in. And all of a sudden, five, six, seven, and McGee doesn't have that many cars. Six, seven police cars come. And they all race up to where we are. And I'm like, they finally did the background check. And this guy has slaughtered. I just know what he, I'm already thinking of all the things he's done. And then here come the police, crazy screaming, get down, get down. And I look at this guy and I'm like, I'm sorry, man. And they grab me and throw me up against the wall. They're looking for a 5-5. <laughs> if you need some deductive work, don't go to McGee. I love that town. But... Uh, <laughs> 30-year gap, different race, 5-5. Five, five. Okay. That's what we do, though. That's what you do. That's what Jesus does. He gets in the middle of things. He wants to get in the middle of your relationships. There's struggle and hurt there. He wants to get in the middle of that. If there's pain and sadness, would you let Jesus in the middle of that? Um, there's a temptation there's been a real struggle in your life. Will you let Jesus get in the middle of that? That's, that's what he does. One of his very first acts, one of his very first words, I can tell you're sad. What are y'all talking about? How is it you, with your relationships, at your workplace, with the relationships you have, that God's calling you to get in the middle as well? He wants to get in the middle of your stuff. But after he's done that work, 
He wants to use you to be his light, to be his care in the middle of real hurt that's out there. How will you do that? The last first word is in John's gospel, but I'm going to give you an Easter treat. We're coming back next week to look at that. And what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is just look at the witnesses of resurrection. What do we see of Jesus? And when he speaks and when he shows up to those, what's the impact of that? Because that's got to be our response as well. What do we see today? What do you see in Jesus? He's saying to you, wherever you felt defeated, wherever you felt uh, a struggle, you can rejoice now because Christ is alive and he's present with you. But because of that great news, you've got to go and tell and you've got to get in the middle of people's lives to do that hard work to be Christ to a world who so desperately needs Christ. Let's pray about that. Father, we thank you for your son's words. They're words that we need to hear. In a world so filled with anxiety, with anger, with hurts, to hear the confidence and the assurance of the word that we can rejoice because Christ is alive. Father, I also pray that your Holy Spirit uh, would give us eyes to see and hearts to respond to your call upon our lives because of these words. If there are ways that we've not been faithful to go and tell uh, Father, we, I pray we'd step out in faith and we do that. That we'd be clear about who Jesus is and his love uh, for us and his power in our lives by how we live, by the attitudes we have, but also by the words that we share. Father, if there are some of us in this room, some of us watching online that are not letting you get in the middle, I thank you that that's Jesus' model to us this morning. He comes in the middle of our stuff. Whatever work he needs to do in a a marriage, and a family, and a friendship. We're open. Holy Spirit, come. And help us to be faithful, to reach out, to serve, and to love, and to get in the middle as Jesus so beautifully did. Thank you for this, your word. Now bless our response to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.